welcome back to Knights of Evening Star, everyone. I didn't have to do this twice. <laughs> text friend. Uh, hey, welcome back. We're back after our winter break. The Knights of Evening Star crew returns. I'm your dungeon master, Mark Sherlock Humes, and I'm joined by four very wonderful players who I've missed very dearly. Uh, I'm joined by Anna Prosser, Nate Sharp, Mika Burton, and Jonathan Indovino, a.k.a. Shady Penguin. My friends, it has been 26 years since last we saw each other. How have At you least. been? Yeah. I've been itching for this moment, Mark. Me if too. that's I your really... real name. Yeah. It wow. Is. I've been specifically, like, every couple days, I'll be like, ooh, Evening Star. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait. I bought like five new sets of dice over the break, so <laughs> I'm ready. Mika statement I've ever heard. Like when I go through D and D withdrawal, I'm like, guess I gotta buy a dice. Guess I gotta buy a dice. I guess so. I guess I should buy more dice. Nice. Uh, excellent. Nate's just he's just in the zone. He's ready for it. I can tell. I I loaded up the thing and saw I was off center, and I'm trying to get center with the layout. <laughs> I gotta fix it. I think that's great. It's wonderful to see you all again. Uh, I'm sorry, we, we, there was a bit of a scheduled plan to come back next uh, last week, um, but I've been having lots of teeth removed. So uh, it's just, I'm lucky that I can get through it today um, after all of that. So, but we're here, we're ready to play some Dungeons and Dragons. A um, couple of real quick things because we have been on a little bit of a break for a bit. Um, so I was thinking we'll do a little quick recap of the characters and what Evening Star is. But the other thing I'm going to just, it was going to mention because we're on the D&D channel. Um, you might have missed the announcement for Candlekeep Mysteries. It's a brand new uh, book coming out on March 16th. And I specifically bring it up because I did write one of the adventures for it. Hey, That's our DM! That's my DM. It's, it's, very, it's very humbling and very cool uh, to have done that and worked with Mr. Chris Perkins um, on making a uh, little adventure for Candlekeep Mysteries. That's out on the March 16th. There's a ton of amazing people that have written um, uh, adventures for this book. Very diverse, very broad range of writers from all different experience levels. This is the kind of product, if you're going to buy a D&D book, buy this one because it's a good kind of send to wizards that you want to support this kind of book. It's a really good tool for D DMs. They're all one-off adventures that you can slip into campaigns here and there, or just use them in your ongoing stuff as well. So check that out, Candlekeep Mysteries. Um, wasn't asked to do that plug, but seeing as I wrote one of the adventures, I figured I should do a good old good old bit for it. So Everybody buy it and keep Mark employed. Yay! <laughs> uh but yeah there we go so check that out um and yeah we're gonna play some knights of evening star what is knights of evening star you may ask yourself what is this strange british man doing on my DD channel well knights of evening star is a campaign set in the kingdom of cormir in the forgotten realms cormir is a land of war wizards knights dragons armies very camelot king arthur uh with the politics of game of thrones mixed in as well um our party are all nobles or advisors or war wizards that have been put in charge of a town called evening star and there's a little bit of campaign management kingdom management where they've been build, buying buildings and upgrading their keep and getting military units and there's also a lot of plot and story going on with their character backstories and the allies and the enemies that they've been making along the way um shall we do let's have you guys can you guys give me like quick intros for people that might be new or people that maybe have not watched for a little bit who you are and who you're playing let's start with Mika Burton. She's How did next I know? On my screen. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Mika. I play a high elf uh, sorcerer slash cleric uh, 
Zara Mithras or Mithras. Literally, there's no direct pronunciation. Mithras. Mithras. If you want to get that elven rolling of the R's in there. Um, she is a blue-blooded dragon and tempest cleric. Um, she is a war wizard, or was, still is, I guess, technically. Um, and now she is the magister, uh, the magical advisor for the uh, crown silver siblings. Um, and she's she's got a lot of complex emotions. She's She's got a lot going on. She's like an onion or an ogre. <laughs> Um, same thing. The same thing, you know. Do I tag somebody or do you tag somebody? Uh, let's go with Shady Penguin, Jonathan Indovino. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, we're we're I play... in voiceover mode today. Right? I really like it. I've, <laughs> I, I, nice. I've not done it in a while, so I'm fully in, in mode. You know. Uh, I play Charcoal Crown Silver, who is one of the uh, Crown Silver siblings who, uh, throughout the course of this campaign, came into nobility for the first time. Uh, used to be a forest lad, grew up in the King's Wood, and has recently found himself entangled with quite the Song of Willow, may I say, and unsure of what's going to happen with her. But uh, he is a rogue. Did I say assassin? I think I said assassin. He's a rogue. And uh, he's a he's assassin, British rogue, whatever. And uh, he is just growing and really missing this crew. Yeah. And I, I guess, I, do I tag someone? No, you said you said me. So you're going to go to the Crown Silver Sister, aren't you? Aren't I am going to go to the Crown Silver <laughs> Sister. That is what correct. What if he wasn't? You tagged now. You broke the uh, I break the rules. He's a rule breaker. Anna. Hello. I play Agnes Crown Silver, a noble wood elf druid of the Circle of Wildfire, which you can find in Tasha's Cauldron and everything, which is really exciting. Um, and she is someone who doesn't see herself as part of the nobility. She thinks it's super lame and wants to topple it and do everything for the people, but she also sees its use in helping the people. So sometimes she kind of walks a knife's edge of hypocrisy or strategy, who knows? Um, and she really loves her younger brother, but definitely sees him as someone who has a lot to learn. Nice. Perfect. And then uh, last, but by no means least, a very mysterious Mr. Sharp. Who are you and who are you playing? Uh, I play a high elf eldritch knight named Marcel, which if you don't know what an eldritch knight is, it is a part fighter, part wizard. And um, he has a kind of a broody edgelordy past with his brother's soul being embedded into a magical sword that he carries with him. Uh, and he also gets bloodied just about every session. So uh, pretty much the squishiest tank you will ever see. Well, you know, he's doing his job. He's taking damage so that other people don't have to. Um, yes. Yeah, he, absolutely. He, he, he has, you know, 56 HP, but his heart has like 100. And that's yeah. what he's acting on. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, for sure, I feel like all the damage that uh, that Tarkal has avoided, Marcel has taken on, uh, you mm -hmm. know, like a burden. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate um, it, man. I do. Thank you. <laughs> well, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, thank you very much. Those are the characters. I will give you a recap of what's happened uh, in the previous episode, specifically the last episode. And then we're going to jump in because we're at kind of a bit of a bit of an exciting point, maybe a little, a little bit of a dungeon, maybe, maybe a little bit of a dungeon ahead. Um, our party of heroes have been given charge of the village of Evening Star and its surrounding lands by Queen Raedra Oberskir of Cormir. They have ousted a bandit lord called Gaius the Thornhand from their keep 
investigated a local mystery of an emerald witch in the woods and attended a noble dinner that ended in a battle against fey creatures, a murder, and the past returning to haunt the present. Since the events that took place in the city of Arabelle around two months have passed, Starwatch Keep that looks over Evening Star has been fully repaired. The village has been expanded with new military units and population. One such military unit is commanded by an old friend of Marcel's, Hadley Cooper. Like Marcel, Hadley was a victim of the Scions of Shattered Light and alerted Marcel to a sighting of the mysterious group in the village of Red Spring, a few days' travel from Evening Star. With the forces of Evening Star with them, the party traveled and engaged a force of mercenaries in the swampy, devastated ruins of Red Spring. And now they continue their search for the Scions. Uh, the very last time, my friends, you had ended checking out an old water mill that sits on the edge of this ruined, swampy village. The river that runs through the town, aptly named, uh, is reddish in color, giving it almost uh, a very macabre look, uh, a river of blood throwing through this swampy, derelict ruin. The watermill is in no better state, much of it broken or collapsed or rotted, rotted away. One of the corner walls has uh, come down, allowing you to look inside, where you saw a strange metal sphere um, as large as a horse, really, uh, was sitting over the entrance to a cellar door. The, the orb is covered in a strange runic script. Um, and that was where we left things off last time. So my friends, I ask you the greatest question any DM can ever ask. What would you like to do? I would like to read what I can okay. of these rooms. Uh, yeah, so when you approach uh, the sphere, Agnes, um, as soon as you get within sort of 15, 10, 15 feet of it, uh, it does begin to kind of speak in a strange language. Do you speak netherese? Netherese? I've never even heard of netherese. Oh, yeah, uh, it is a forgotten realms language. So it kind of speaks in this uh, very Latin-esque uh, language uh, that you don't understand. Um, you maybe make out a couple of words um, just because they would be unusual. I don't think the Netherese would necessarily have words for these. Um, you hear the words um, Scion Identification Protocol and then the rest is just <laughs> some language you don't understand. Um, Marcel uh, the Sword this is Marcel the Sword um, speaks to you, Oliver, uh, Marcel, the character. Uh, <laughs> That's going to get confusing. very confusing. No, no, no. Uh, as, as you are hearing this strange speech, as Agnes has moved closer to it, um, your brother kind of says, I, I think I can understand it, brother. I, I, I never learned this language, but it, it, it's like I, I can hear what it's saying without understanding it. It's very odd. Well, that's rather convenient. I think it, if it's made by the same scions, maybe that's why. Um, it's it's some sort of riddle. Um, it says, uh, the greatest power is split apart. In eight circles lay still its heart. If a scion true, then present to me a paltry sum, a gift of three. We got to uh, write that down. You can write that down. I'm happy to repeat it. <laughs> I can I convey this exactly as you said. <laughs> I figured. Um, so for the rest of you, if you want, somebody wants to write this down, 
uh, or if you just want to make a quick note, the greatest power is split apart. In eight circles lay still its heart. In eight circles lay still its heart. If a scion true, then present to me a paltry sum, a gift of three. Okay. Gotta love some riddles to get into the dungeon. Greatest power is split apart in eight circles, lay still its heart. If a sign um, true, then present to me a paltry sum, a gift of three. And it, do you stay where you are, Agnes? Like, as it's speaking, it repeats this phrase a couple of times um, if you stay near it. But you can see the runes uh, and the kind of um, inscriptions on this curved sphere. Um, it does begin to kind of glow ever so slightly with magic. And you can see some of the sections of this sphere are beginning to slide and you can see bladed appendages uh, inside almost ready to protrude outwards. I'll step back. Okay. Mika, yeah, as soon as you do, it stops speaking and all the lines begin to fade. Yes, Mika. You said paltry, <laughs> not poultry, right? <laughs> A poultry, a so small, small, not chicken. Small cool. But the chickens, the chickens. Some it could have been maybe. chickens. There Give could be chickens in the village. Yes. Get three of Go them. Get them. Bring them back. A Come poultry on. Poultry sum. Like poultry yeah. sum. I just need it. Listen. Could have been chicken gifts. Could have been small gifts. Could have been. Could be small chickens. Maybe yeah. the poultry is poultry. I mean, depends on who you ask. We don't know. <laughs> um. Hmm. Marcel, does your sword have any ideas uh, beyond just conveying the riddle? Do we know that his sword talks yet? Oh, uh, wait. I don't think I don't think Agnes and uh, Azara do. Redcon, uh, no. I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. <laughs> uh, Why yeah, would my sword Tarkal talk? Is. That is, is very Ridiculous. silly. <laughs> it's not a time for jokes, Tarkal. <laughs> um. I mean, the, the Marcel the sword can hear Tarkal, so if he does say that, I can respond. But yeah, I'm assuming. No, I don't think he should. Say, yeah, I don't think Tarkal would because he he's promised to keep that secret, right? Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't he wouldn't just blurt that out. Yeah. So we um, think that Marcel just understood that. Yeah. Oh uh, well, that's up to you guys. I leave that to your characters. Did Marcel, what does it mean? Out? That's a great question. And I like kind of. <clears throat> To the sword, like, mm, do you know what it means? I, I brother, I have no idea. Uh, it seems to be some sort of, uh, I imagine it's some sort of test, maybe to see if we are members of the Scions. It might let us pass, maybe. Um, I, th this is clearly some sort of construct, like the one that attacked us. Maybe it's, it's built by them as some sort of guardian. It's more Scion bullshit. Are there mm. any dead scions nearby? This whole ruined uh, water mill. And the water mill itself, it's quite a large building. Um, apart from this section in the middle, most of it's quite clear, except for the, uh, there's a series of like cogs and poles and wooden struts that seem to attach to the mill wheel in the river itself. Uh, that occupies the far northeastern corner of the whole building. There's also a second floor gangway that goes around the whole uh, mill itself, supported by these kind of wooden posts and, and poles um, with a, like a broken ladder and a, a few boxes stacked up so you could get access to it if you needed it. Um, Did you say that the sphere opened up 
when Agnes it was briefly, by? yeah, when she got close to it, you could see the longer she stood there, it began to kind of open up, and you could see these kind of bladed appendages. Did it like, open inside. up? Perhaps in with eight splits. Could I uh, tell? No, it seemed to just have uh, like small sections of it began kind of moving okay. away, almost as if it was trying to give access to whatever is inside it. Gotcha. Um, Perhaps there's some sort of badge or some artifact that a a scion would carry that we must present. Maybe we could find one on one of the corpses. But it seems we need three of them. Marcel, in your experience, what would the scions consider the greatest power? What do I do? I would I have an idea on that? Um, yeah, I think so. I think that <clears throat> when you when you spoke uh, to the the member that can kind of convinced you, the one that kind of tricked you, uh, Sharian, um, <clears throat> I mean, you knew that they're wizards. They they were all powerful practitioners of of magic. Um, they spoke greatly about how magic should be used for everybody. They were very invested. Uh, they seemed to think that your brother possessed a great gift for magic, um, and that was kind of what kind of initially drew the, the, the pair of you to them. Um, they, they were very magically focused, <laughs> is, is your understanding of it. Okay. I'll convey that. Sure. Okay. So I'm not very familiar with magic. Azaro, is there like something that would either represent or actually be the greatest source of magic? Um, would I know what the greatest source of magic would be, Sir DM? I, I think that that's the kind of question of, um, I mean, it varies, right? Like right, for yeah. Azara, your mother would have taught you that your magic came from the blood of dragons. Mm -hmm. Um, but magic is a very, you know, there's, yeah, I mean, like in terms of sources of magic, there are many different sources of magic. Um, right. but there's also different ways that people learn magic, you know, right. a wizard, uh, you know, not a sorcerer like yourself, a sorceress like yourself. Your magic is innate. It comes mm -hmm. from your natural blood and affinity to a blue dragon. Um, that's where much of your magic comes from. Wizards have to study uh, the schools of magic. They have to study spells and formulas. Um, warlocks make pacts to earn their magic and things like that. Oh, oh. How many magic classes are there? Was in classes? Or, um, or schools like of magic. Are there? That's a great question. I was going to ask: Could could Agnes do a history check to see if eight circles, yeah, kicks, sure. kicks anything? Because yeah. you know a, a, a lot of number check. symbology. Yeah. Give me a check. Mika, if you want to make an Arcana check as well. Yeah, I'd like, like to make an Arcana I think check. Two, yeah, sure. Awesome. Do I get a twenty-five? Advantage? No. Oh. Nice. First roll of 2021 20, 20, 20, in Evening Star. It was a nineteen base. I got a nineteen total. Okay, so I think uh, Agnes will get a bit more information, but both mm -hmm. of you, um, with this kind of line of thought, when you mm -hmm. start thinking about, yeah, the idea of uh, eight circles definitely rings true that there are eight schools of magic. And even as a druid, Agnes, you would have been taught this because druids can cast multiple different spells. Um, things like fire, which is your personal kind of affinity, Agnes, comes from the evocation school of magic, which is all about mastery of 
power and energy and um the elements whereas mm -hmm. uh you know healing can be a different form of, of evocation or even necromancy bringing the dead back to life is a school of magic these are all things that Adria does kind of dabble in a little bit transmutation turning your skin to bark must draw on the same schools of magic that you know transforming somebody's size might for example um, so yeah, the eight circles definitely ring a bell. I, uh, Azara, you get the same information. You would have learned that these different uh, powers you can summon are still connected. You still have to make the same incantations, the same gestures that a wizard would. Um, it's just that you don't have to memorize the spells. They're just, they're in your mind. Um, yeah. So if we've conveyed all of this to each other, going on sure. that theory, um, I, I personally in my own knowledge, have multiple schools of magic. I feel possibly if I present one of each, three schools, this should allow us through. Or if I present one and the two of you present one from the other, we can prove that we're Worth scions. A try. Uh, it seems strange that it would ask a scion to present three schools of magic every time to enter, but it's the best idea that if scions are all wizards and study various types, then possibly this is a trial to join their ranks. Mm. Well, why um, don't we try it? Which schools do you specialize in? Evocation is fire, right? Mostly. I mean, so in your spell descriptions, Agnes, it will tell you which school it is. Right. So if you look on your character sheet, it will actually say, you know, um, produce flame, whatever school it is, you know, burning hands, whatever. Conjuration. Above game, I also have transmutation, necromancy, uh, conjuration, and yeah, and evocation. Yeah. I can do um, divination. And enchantment. Yeah. I also have enchantment. Marcel, your spells as well, same thing. Like, you'll have schools of magic on yours as well. I think I've got almost one of each. Same, so whichever you guys want to do, I can fill in cool. the gaps as well. I just so what's like the plan? Evocation. Are you going to like just cast a spell near the sphere? Are you going to cast a spell on the sphere? I'm going to cast near it. Uh... <laughs> I don't want to touch the sphere. Sure. What spell are you going to cast? Uh, I don't want to cast it until I know what everybody else is doing because okay. I want to be able to fill in the blanks. I'll create bonfire, which is conjuration. Okay. okay. And where, on... where do I see that? Uh, on your character it's sheet? A... Yeah, it's it, at the top of the spell, I think. So click on the spell, and then the little thing will pop out. Oh, like first level, very very top. Yeah, I want to say like first level transmutation, conjuration. Whatever. There you go. Yep, all of that conjuration, transmutation, yeah. evocation. That's all the schools of magic. Um, okay, so Agnes, you create a bonfire. Are you creating it under the sphere or just like in near it, basically, like next to it, kind of thing. Well, I was just telling Azara which one I'll do because she ah, said that okay. she didn't uh, want to. She wanted um, to coordinate. Sure. I'll um I'll create oh. a minor illusion of oh, oh. King One Eye. Oh, oh. Nice, uh, nice. So let, this I think is probably the first time mm -hmm. you oh. cast a spell in front yeah. of us. So what does this look like? You you tell us what this looks like with Tarkal and and how he manifests this magic. Uh, I guess being his first time in front, I think he would be kind of coy would be the correct word about it. So I think he'd like lift his hand like. He has his cloak around him, so I guess he'd lift his hand up and he'd just do like a, a little swirly and then mm -hmm. point, and he thinks that that's what you're supposed to do every time, so he goes <laughs> yeah. and then like finger guns King One Eye into existence. Yeah, you feel um, 
you feel this kind of ancient power swelling up, not from within you, Tarkal, uh, but the brooch that Willow Song gave you, this green gem glows and pulses with power as you begin swirling your finger. And from that brooch, coiling down one hand, this very faint green mist kind of coils until it lingers at the tip of your finger where it vanishes and where you've pointed this misty form of King One-Eye appears and solidifies into an illusion. Um, and as it does, like you see like King One-Eye kind of stretches whatever you command them to do. Um, but there is this kind of pulse of light through the sphere, through its joints and its things. Um, and you just hear this kind of acknowledging uh, yeah, word, uh, which the sword can translate as uh, uh, one. It basically just counts one. Nice. Um, but Quick question uh, to the DM. Yeah. As this happens, does Azara get a sense that she's felt this kind of magic before? That's a difficult one to say. I don't think that there's. Uh, you would need to either be casting a spell like detect magic, or okay. you would need to have um, probably more setup. Um, okay. It's definitely. I think that you would be able to tell that this is not. Tarkal doesn't have this as a natural power. This is something mm -hmm. he's learnt probably in the last couple of months. You gotcha. don't think he's a sorcerer. Um, right. You would have probably picked up on that before. Um, yeah, there was definitely something odd about that brooch as well. Agnes yeah. goes, what? Since when can you do that? Oh. <laughs> okay. Thank you. We're back. Okay. Uh, I don't know how much we lost. So do you want to start back from uh, Agnes there? Kind of uh, freaking out. Agnes turns to look at her brother and says, what? Since when can you do magic? Oh, yeah. Um, I've been, uh, Willow Song has been teaching me uh, a thing or two. And um, it looks like it might be handy. Willow Song? So yeah. it's, it's fey magic. I mean... You don't know what kind of magic it is? You're just wielding a kind of magic that you don't even understand? Honestly, I, I didn't think to ask what kind of magic... There's you different kinds of magic. Ask? Oh my god. Azara will just sigh really heavily. <laughs> um, I think this is um, a topic best discussed after we're possibly not in mortal danger, but Tarkal, I would like if you would accompany me to my tower when we are home so we can just make sure that you're safe. Yes, I mean, we, I'm sure Willow Song will come too. Yeah, this, this is fine. Uh, Azara will just kind of look at Agnes, like giving Agnes her like goes a... and creates bonfire. <laughs> do you, um, where do you cast it? Uh, just right got next currently to- currently like a little, the image of King One-Eye. Yeah, next to King One-Eye. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, with a kind of surge of druidic power, kind of summoning the very heat from the earth deep below, uh, you create this kind of <laughs> scorch of magic. What school of magic is Create Bonfire? Conjuration? I believe so. Let me double check. And we had illusion yes. magic from Minor Illusion. Um, mm -hmm. There is another kind of resounding uh, glow, this kind of pulse through the sphere, and then a two. Um, not wanting to use any attacks 
Uh, Azara will kind of hold up her hand and it will glow slightly and she'll cast Guidance on herself. Okay. Do you Um, move closer to the sphere? I move How close do you get? Okay. I move close enough that I feel like I'm within its range, but if it starts opening up, I'm going to move back. But so as close as I can be, but I want to make sure. Yeah, you get within sort of like 10 feet of it. um, And I mean, it took a long time for it to start opening up before it did with Agnes, but Mm -hmm. you get closer, you cast Guidance yourself. And what kind of school of magic is Guidance? Guidance is divination. Divination, perfect. So with that, again, this final pulse, um, the ball seems to acknowledge it. Three, welcome, Scion. And then it rolls backwards, uh, revealing this, um, it's like a door into a cellar, like a stone cellar door that's been beneath it. um, And it just rolls back, uh, allowing people to pass uh, and enter. Nice. Nice. I high five Azara. I go to high five Agnes. (laughs) I high five him and kind of like sigh. Uh, You know, I mean... I, you could you could ask me if you wanted to know anything about magic. I mean, I've been doing magic a long time. You could have asked me if you wanted. Just, I mean, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, <laughs> she walks. Yeah. So, uh, Marcel, like, what do you do? You head towards the the cellar door, or are you kind of allowing the others to go first? What's the what's the play here, team? Uh, Marcel would would want to lead this, but okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a let me see a detect evil and good and have that have that running for the next 10 minutes. Oh, can you just read out for me what that does again? Yes. For, oh, wow. Cool. It closed right as I started. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> for the duration, you know if there is an aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within 30 feet of you, as well as where the creature is located. Similarly, <gasps> you know if there is a place or object within 30 feet that has been magically uh, consecrated or desecrated. And what's the range? Yeah, self 30 feet. 30 feet. So it's like a 30 feet bubble around you, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you begin concentrating on this. Um, you don't sense any of those creature types nearby. I think that, yeah, you don't sense anything like that. Um, un- remind me, Tarkle, is Twig with you or did you leave him back at the castle? Uh, I actually don't think I gave Twig any strict orders. So he's probably still technically with you then. Yeah, because he, um, he didn't want to leave before, yeah. Okay, so he's just in your knapsack, uh, invisible. So you would detect Twig, Marcel. You would pick up that there is a fey creature inside uh, Tarkle's little bag, basically. Um, lame. But I like I know of that. Yeah, That's you not a surprise. Twig, yeah. You've seen him, yeah. But um, nothing else. Um, no con- The only thing I would say is... The area isn't uh, desecrated, but the Detect Evil and Good, I think, would pick up that the very land here um, is very wrong. Desecrated is is close to what it is. Um, you don't think it's being done as like by a specific spell, but something very bad happened here, and it sort of drained the very land of life and magic. Um, it, it's it's pretty bad uh, and it looks very powerful and very old um um does this happen to be the location that i learned about a few sessions ago where northeast of cormier where the floating city crashed that is much much further that's okay much further. that's outside of cormier okay mm-hmm. no, i starts think walking in sure okay um 
I think that um, the only thing you might know, Azar, is that this area was ravaged by something called the Spell Plague a long oh, right. time ago. Right, I did know um, that. I yeah. did know that. Um, but yeah, you make your way, Marcel, to these cellar doors. Uh, they're not locked. It looks like the, the ball was the clear deterrent for this entrance. Um, and you peer down into a set of stairs that leads down into a stone cellar. Right. And what any anything anything of interest? It seems to get very dark. Um, as soon as you start peering down, uh, your dark vision because you're high, your half elf uh, or high elf, so dark vision leads down. It begins to turn black and white. Um, if you begin making your way down the stairs, uh, you can mm -hmm. see that they lead into probably what was once a storage cellar. Um, there is a very strong smell of rot and mold, and you can see that there are various waterlogged. Um, you know, broken barrels with some sort of like fungusy growth that spread all over them. One half of this cellar has been flooded with pungent, stagnant water from the river. But looking around uh, the dry section of the room, there is a quite old looking tunnel that has been dug. Um, and it, is, it seems to descend even deeper into the earth. Marcel is leading, right? I believe so. I'm going to uh, pat him on the shoulder and be like, you got this, and cast Guidance for him. Okay. So you, feel so you get to like... roll a d4 and add to an ability check, Nate. Cool. For a minute. Um, so if we have Marcel at the front, give me a marching order here. Like, who's going in? And like, do you guys want to take any preparations? Do you want to go and speak to the, the folks you've got up outside? Like, do you want to just you know carry on yourselves what's the plan hmm uh i think go ahead couldn't hurt to communicate with the people outside before we go deeper sure. but azara can you send communication without us having to leave How or would that burn that? a spell slot uh one foot of stone are we underneath one foot of stone um, if you're in the mill, you'll be fine. Yeah. If you're in the cellar, yeah, you're probably going to be getting, you know, pretty close to that. Uh... But they also just, like, you could just run outside and speak to them. Um, the last, all of your forces, so Hadley, Elissa, uh, and your forces, they were watching over the mercenaries that you defeated. You basically defeated them, and they were like, right, okay, until we're done here, you know, you're not moving. We don't want you attacking us. So they're basically watching over the the remaining mercenaries um, um, and securing the area as well making sure that you don't get attacked again if i go up the stairs mm -hmm. would i be 120 feet away from where i can see Alyssa? i'm sure that you can okay. get within 100 and just message okay Alyssa. yeah you, you i just want to send a message to Alyssa sure. um that essentially says like we're heading down into a cellar um the silence might be down here if we're not back in an hour come for us very well magistrate uh, be careful azara uh, it sounds like whoever these people are, they know a few things. Uh, we'll keep things uh, clear up here. We'll make sure that nobody tries to ambush us and we'll secure the area. Um, make sure that... Uh, just look after the, the Baron and Baroness, please. Uh, I'll send back a message and I say, of course, I will. Um, be safe. You too. Uh, and there is like, you hear like a kind of... Some words that go unspoken, like she wants to say something and then just doesn't. And then the message ends. Um, <laughs> Game messaging! Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, you return to the rest of the team who are uh, you know, examining this tunnel. Looking at the tunnel, uh, Tarkal, Agnes, and Marcel, um, it looks old. It looks 
like it's not been touched in a long time. It's very clearly worked. So somebody's mined it or dug it, um, but very neatly, very, very well done. Uh, great craftsmanship has done it. And it goes down and you don't see it coming to a stop anytime soon. Um, I think because you are all elves or half elves, you all have dark vision. Um, so you don't have to worry about a light source. Um, but yeah, your black and white vision is, as you are basically in darkness now, um, highlights, yeah, these kind of like worked stone walls, um, dusty cobwebs, but somebody has definitely moved through here more recently. This isn't, you know, an ancient tunnel. Um, people have used it recently, but it looks like maybe they found it like this. So you wouldn't say it's a secret tunnel per se. I wouldn't say it's a secret tunnel. No, not yet. And it's not through a mountain. Shame. Um, shame, shame. It might bring two lovers together. Uh, but Were they forbidden know. from one another? They could be. They could be. <laughs> Was a war dividing their people? Ooh, well, and a mountain divided we'll them out. apart? Mm. Could be. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> with that said, I'm going to summon... Like, so many people in chat are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> what? what? What is going on? This I is hope the longest running joke it in our yeah. entire campaign. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Listen to a cover of Secret Tunnel on Nate Wants Battles YouTube channel. <laughs> Please do. Um, so we got Marcel at the front. Marcel's going to be leading this. So if there's anything to spot, Marcel will be the one who has to make checks and things for it. Who is coming up behind Marcel and who's at the back? Are the oh, wait, really quick. Um, yes. Did they build a path to be together? <laughs> You don't know. You're going to have to go and find out. Oh my god, I missed you guys. Okay. Uh, actual quick question. I swear it's not a joke. Um, before we start moving, Azara will turn to Tarkal and say, Tarkal, I know that you are good at assassinating and, and sneaking. Are you good at checking for traps? Uh, yes, I'm, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll keep my eye out. Wonderful. Possibly you should walk right behind Marcel or side by side because if you the can spot the tunnel them... is not big enough for side by side and in fact mm. um those of you who are quite tall anybody who's like well over sort of five and a half feet tall All is gonna have to like really crouch um this does not look like it was made for human sized uh, or even elven individuals um so you're going to be kind of crouched and hunched moving through this very tight narrow tunnel so I'm once gonna... we take a second to summon candor my wildfire spirit to have okay. it the ready Little and once bird. we once we start hunching like once we're like summon in i'm gonna like shake my my knapsack bag mm -hmm. and i'm gonna twig hey. Hey. <laughs> i'm not gonna get the voice now <laughs> <laughs> what's going on twig we're uh well you see where we are could you keep an eye out for anything it's pitch black Oh, you don't, you, you can't see right now. I thought Faye were powerful. Um, okay. We are, but I can't see in the dark. I live in a land which is in permanent twilight. There's oh. a wildfire spirit that's fire floating around. I, I can see, like, just in front of my face, eh? Well, can you get near that fiery bird and keep an eye out for anything and warn me of it? Oh, I mean, I'll give it my best, eh? All right. <laughs> flies up. Nope, there we go. I've got to get it back. <laughs> I flies up. Oh, look. Uh, no, he flies up, um, and you can see this kind of uh, little acorn-armored warrior uh, with his... He has... Um, you can see he has, like, a, a needle-thin sword, like a little needle, and then he has a tiny bow 
uh, and he's got them both out uh, and he's flying next to the wildfire spirit occasionally gets too close Ay! gets burnt a little bit um but he's he's here he's got like he's squinting his eyes and he's like we can't really see that far uh all right okay all right so with marcel leading the way you begin making your way down this dark ominous tunnel if Tarkal's supposed to stay near Marcel, then I figure marching order is Marcel, Tarkal, me, Azara. Okay, so Azara at the back? Yep. Okay. The tunnel, having to crouch, your shoulders occasionally brushing against the stone on either side, there is a strong claustrophobic feeling as you begin making your way down it. It conjures up images like crawling down the throat of some giant beast. Mm. Uh, it begins descending deeper into the darkness and the silence is overwhelming your footsteps clacking against stone the breathing of those in front of you and behind the flapping of the fire spirit's wings really the only sounds you begin to hear apart from just almost like the deep rumble of the very earth itself you swear you can almost begin to feel a heartbeat as if you are descending further and further down. That Perhaps claustrophobia only... is actually giving me heebie-jeebies. Like, I have real goosebumps. <laughs> Don't like it. No, no. It takes maybe nearly an hour of just winding your way down these tight, narrow tunnels deeper and deeper into the earth. Before we go towards ominous heartbeats and breathings for an hour, sure. um, <laughs> Let's say around like the five. Like, at what point did I feel or hear that? Um, the, it's it's you don't. It's weird. You don't hear a heartbeat. You don't even feel it. It's it's you're not sure if if it was just your imagination. Like this this thought of like moving down this tunnel, it being so tight and dark. You can't help but like it kind of creates these mental images of yeah like the throat of a beast and almost like crawling into its chest and that's when you start like wait was that a heartbeat or is that just no it was probably nothing um and then there's just this kind of oppressive silence maybe it was your own heartbeat it's so quiet down here maybe it was your own heartbeat that you heard and yeah it's it's difficult to say if if it's not at a point too late out of paranoia yeah. i'm just going to Take my sword and stab the wall. Okay. Uh, the wall is pure stone. The sword is magical, so it doesn't blunt, but you strike in, and it's like hard stone. You know, it's it's hard earth here. Um, just kind of clatters. Uh, ow, mm. brother. <laughs> Why? I was curious. Oh, well, well, all right. Well, it's a good thing I don't chip. <laughs> Quite. But yeah, there's just the and that 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 stone, the metal hitting the stone, rings through this tunnel. Ding, 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 ding. Seems to stretch out in the darkness. Do you would do you like to continue, Marcel? I wouldn't like to, <laughs> but you're going to. But I will. Okay, you carry on through the silence. Uh, feeling the weight of the earth above you, worrying just how deep this tunnel is going to go. But eventually, like I said, after about an hour, the tunnel comes to an end 
and a, a very strange end at that. It arrives, you can see that there are smaller passages that seem to lead off. Um, you, you know, take moments to explore them, but they very clearly, you know, just seem to be going into different mine shafts or things like that. But as you continue down the main path that you've been traveling, you come to uh, a tunnel's end and you can see that there are two broken crystals set into the stone with brass fittings and they flicker with just the tiniest brief amount of magical energy and the illusion of a cave-in is flickering in and out very faded very obviously an illusion now but once would have probably disguised this this tunnel as a dead end but now it's just created this hazy mist-like illusion that you can easily pass through um difficult to see what's on the other side there seems to be some sort of chamber but the details are obscured um but these these crystals look old uh and they've clearly lost uh, most of their power and, and their effects have, have since ended. That's cool. Ha! Didn't catch us. The, the illusion kind of flickers and fades. This, you know, becomes thin, almost transparent, and then flickers back to life for a few seconds, making it appear as if it's a full stone cave-in, and then it goes back to its misty form. Uh, when we see that illusion, like thinking that we're getting close, I'll put a hand on Marcel's shoulder and I'll say, answers first, revenge second. Very well. Okay. Marcel, what would you like to do? Do you want to just move through the illusion itself? Yes. Marcel, as you step through it, it's like a sensation of walking through cold mist um, as you pass through this flickering magical effect. When you emerge on the other side, the details of the room beyond become much clearer to you, and it is a stark contrast to the almost delicately crafted, uh, carved stone that you were just moving through. It's like stepping into an alien world. The tunnel leads into an egg-like room, the walls appear to be made from thick resin carved with swirling patterns and strange bulbous shapes. The whole place gives you the sensation of being inside a giant organ of some living creature, but it's all become dried and dissected. Uh, the walls have turned into a kind of uh, black brittle substance and as you step your boot actually creates flakes that kind of drift up momentarily Ugh. as you step down um, you can see that the room is mostly empty with two corridors leading off of it uh, there is also a large circular grate in the middle of the room but you'd have to move in a bit closer to see what's beneath it i'll go look at under the grate Okay, so yeah, you see the same thing, Agnes, when you pass through the same cold sensation of moving through the illusion, and then you see this kind of bizarre alien environment. Uh, the room is big enough that you can actually begin to spread out, and it's there's almost a sense of relief of coming through this claustrophobic Titan tunnel, and now you can stand up straight, and the room is maybe 12 feet high. You can stand next to each other. The grate worked from a very beautiful crafted metal, um, leads down to a kind of uh, trough-like space beneath it, uh, in which dozens of bones uh, of some sort of humanoid, you can see a kind of squat 
kind of broad skull, a couple of them, um, tatters of leather metal in amongst the, the bones themselves. A trough, like... It's like a kind of shallow basin underneath the grate, as if it was the grate was to catch something. Okay. That's eerie. Are there yeah. any other doors along there the are so when you step into this egg room this egg-like room yeah there are two corridors the corridors are tall but they're made from that same almost organic like resin substance with these kind of very strange like intestines almost like the way that the the ribbed and shaped um one of them uh seems to be a longer corridor and it seems to lead downwards uh on a very slight de uh, decline the other one is uh, direct and it's much shorter and it leads into another egg-shaped room. You think you can see, well, with your dark vision, actually, there's no, no problem seeing. This smaller room attached to this one has a large metal table and you can see a scattering of objects on the table um, uh, inside it. But anything else is, is shaped on the, on the sides of the walls that you can't see in this other smaller room. As I'm looking into the grate, can I perceive anything about the bones? Like what? Oh, sure. Of make creature? a make a medicine check. I think that medicine. That's, yeah, that's like a good like forensic like. Judging by the length of this femur, I suspect that the the victim was a male, <laughs> age twenty five. You know. Got yeah. the CSI going on. Yeah. Thirteen. Thirteen. I mean the skull. It's very clearly uh, dwarven of some sort. Some sort of dwarf. Um, difficult to tell what subspecies of dwarf it might be. Um, definitely not human. Uh, too big to be a halfling. The bones are quite thick and sturdy. Um, yeah. You, you Is it only one creature? Maybe two or three in there, but it's kind of all mixed up. It's hard to see. It's not like a whole skeleton. It's all just like a jumble of different bones. And it doesn't look like it's like a, a human and a dwarf it's like all the same you think type that they're yeah you think that it's all the same type of bones like maybe two or three dwarves okay mm. spooky i i convey that these are dwarf bones to okay. everyone yeah um i think the only other thing actually as you move into this because marcel and agnes you guys have quite high passive perceptions Coming from the longer corridor, which descends downwards in a, a slow decline, not the smaller room attached to this one, but the longer corridor, I think you can hear a faint hissing sound. Like air escaping from something or like a creature making a hiss? Just like what I just did there. Hmm. I hear a hissing sound. <laughs> Party. I will Damn. share this information. In which direction? Ahead of us, right? Yeah, so imagine that you currently, you're in like this egg room with the grate. There's a short corridor with a smaller room attached to this one, which is you can see a table and some things on the table in that. And then there is a much longer corridor that seems to stretch out away deeper down into the earth. My concern is that we've just walked into a feeding tunnel, but that raises the question, why would a feeding tunnel be protected by a construct? And why would the results of the feeding be under a grate? Strange. Let's continue. <laughs> sure. Marcel, what do you want to do? 
you seem to be leading the team. Continue. Okay. Um, are you guys just moving normally? Do you want to try and be quiet? Do you want to move stealthy? What's the what's the plan here? I think Agnes is like naturally moving stealthy. If like you're being cautious, when, yeah, I think yeah. that that would be, you know, it's natural that you guys would want to make stealth checks, yeah. Like how uh, when you find yourself whispering, even though there's no necessarily reason to whisper, it's just like, oh. that's yeah. the environment. Okay. I also just want well, to point those out of you that who are, a dog now. Yeah, <laughs> she's just chilling. <laughs> she's just chilling. Uh, those of you who want to be quiet and cautious, make a stealth check for me. Um, okay. okay. another dog now. Yes, two dogs. 18. 22. 22. Two? Eight. Eight. Ho, ho. So. It's exactly how you say it, too. Just eight. <laughs> That's a good I delay. hear a hissing sound. <laughs> um, yeah, you begin making your way down this longer corridor, uh, Marcel. It's maybe sort of uh, 30, 40 feet. Um and as you get to the bottom of it, you can see that there would have once been, I mean, a door is a very word, weird word to use to describe this. At best, you would maybe describe it as a sort of mus a muscle closure, kind of like a, a bunch of muscles have bunched together to seal off the, the tube. Um, but this one has been forced open and you can see metal struts and metal poles have been used to keep it wedged open. Um, and as you begin descending, Marcel, a strong, acrid, um, bitter smell is emanating from this room. You begin to see this kind of hazy green mist uh, and this loud hissing sound um, as you get closer and closer to it. Isn't it strange how all the descriptions of this place have been so physical and biological i wonder i why wonder this why cave just oh. happens to seem like the inside of a large creature oh I no i say nothing we've been star wars <laughs> could it I be a dungeon saw... and a dragon oh, oh wait i've whoa. combined them i've done it <laughs> oh. um yeah but what do you do, Marcel? Like, as you can see that the, this corridor is about to enter into another chamber, but there's this kind of hazy green um, cloud or something, this hissing and this strong smell. What's the what, what's the play here? So this weird flesh door. Yep. Um, it's being <laughs> held. You could use the word sphincter. No! You could use the word sphincter if you this, wish. This poop hole door. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, so it's being held open. Yes, it looks like it, it's. It doesn't look like it's in any danger of like snapping shut. It looks like it's been forced open, and then these kind of metal rods have been put in place to just, yeah, like you know, secure it basically. I want to try to put a little slice in this door, see if it yeah. bleeds. Ooh. It doesn't bleed. Um, it, it's like cutting into dead flesh. It is organic, but it's very tough. It's like almost formed like a tough resin. I mean, I'm assuming you guys have seen the movie Aliens, right? Like the Exomorphs tunnels where it becomes this thick, kind of like tough, tubular, plasticky resin. It's yes. like that. So you can cut into it, but it's like scraping away at amber or something like that. Um, but there's no blood or anything like that that comes out of it. And the door doesn't twitch or react when you do it either. Um, it's like It's like a dead thing it's like a dead muscle 
when you say green cloud in a corridor um like make a ex- con save for me nate as well as you get close enough to the door to cut it um this green mist is is kind of in your face that would be an entire one okay Oof. uh so as Squishy you get close boy. you cut into it and you you it i'm not going to do full damage because like as soon as you kind of breathe this stuff in you're like oh <laughs> Like you, you know, you have to stifle a cough, um, and you can feel it kind of burning in your lungs. You're gonna take five poison damage, um, as this green cloud is just like goes up into your nose and into your lungs. And it's burning like <laughs> poison. And um, are you you're... saying that wearing my mask didn't help anything? <gasps> I am saying uh, that, that the mask definitely helped reduce some of the damage. Okay, uh, but in D and D mechanics, I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, like 85 percent of the damage right right, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but if the green sure. mist the... was also wearing a mask if the green mist was... was also wearing a mask yes. that would make a huge difference 100 yes. the green musculatory yeah. particles yeah. <laughs> this isn't yeah this these these particles are so fine ah. it's going through the cloth absolutely. but if there was six feet of distance between yeah. marcel and the green mist no damage Easy. then mm. um marcel the other thing so the other, i'm going to give you another piece of information because as you get close enough to the door you breathe in this mist it's like you feel it burning in your lungs you can see things moving around it this room the door leads into a much larger chamber um you can see that there are the kind of shapes of maybe what appears to be furniture or tables or something um you can see that maybe there's a couple of other corridors leading off from this room um but the green mist is quite thick it seems to be flowing down from tubes up in the ceiling uh like man-sized tubes in the ceiling the mist is pouring down from two of them. Um, but amongst the mist, which is like this thick pea soup fog, there's six things. You hear them kind of shuffling, like. Humanoid things? Yeah. Um, and Agnes, that's probably where your stealth, like you knock into something and scrape. Uh, and the first couple of them do kind of look up. You can see these figures kind of. As if agitated by the noise, but I'm not gonna. You don't fail the stealth check because you more than half of you succeeded. So, Marcel took poison damage. He did. He took poison damage. My um, absorb you, you element that, spell does not absorb well, poison. No, but I think the thing as you move back, Marcel, like if you kind of take this this hit of poison and you kind of take a step back, if, if you hold your breath, like it's only because you breathed it in that it it caused damage. Um, you think maybe if you can hold your breath you might be unaffected by it. Uh, it just is very difficult to see through and stuff like that. So I see, so there's, you said there's like six of them? You counted six Ish. kind of shadowy shapes. Yeah, difficult to difficult to see entirely, but... Well, like, they're, are they like relatively close to each other? Uh, no, the, the room uh, itself looks to be, I would say, maybe sort of like 60 feet long, 50 feet across. Um, and they're all spread out. They're all kind of like shuffling around in the room. Mm. I have an idea. We are underground, right? You are. Are there any plants in this tunnel? Like any moss you have, or... You have not seen any plant life whatsoever. If, if I were trying to cast an 100-foot radius for plants... Would that mm-hmm. go upward? Could I pull plants it's down? Hundred foot radius. It's like a hundred foot sphere around yeah. you, as I believe it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to cast plant growth to bring 
plants down to become thick and overgrown on the ceiling to plug up the poison holes. Okay. I think, <clears throat> so you cast a spell, Agnes, and you begin to hear rumbling, but it's, it's, it's faint. It's not the rumbling you're expecting. The plants that do manage to emerge are these brown, streaked with red kind of roots not really like full plants and many of them are dead or decaying and as soon as they kind of emerge into the room they kind of shrivel and turn black and thin weedy uh maybe like one of the holes has enough of this stuff to kind of plug it over but yeah the the area the plants this land that you're underneath something has really messed up the ecology here as a druid like Pretty much nothing is living here. These plants uh, were very deep underground um, and nothing seems to have really survived. But enough, there's just enough of maybe new growth that's been mutated that it does manage to block up one of these tubes. You can't really see it. It kind of, in your little tunnel, you don't really see it, but the, the larger chamber, you can hear this rumbling and grumbling um, and you begin to see these kind of like black withered brown roots just protruding from the ceiling. Um, might make it easier to climb for somebody to climb up onto the roof um like give somebody something to handhold as well but yeah the one of the tubes it looks like there's three tubes in the ceiling that what marcel saw um two of them had this mist pouring down and then the other one was just empty and they're all man-sized they look like you know they could fit a, a humanoid shape going up and down them there were two that were spitting green gross stuff mm. i plugged one that was spitting green you did yes okay yeah. so there's only one Mm -hmm. green poison yeah it looks to be the furthest one in the room it looks to be like the one furthest into the room itself that calmed the green gross stuff a little bit more the mist is still there it, it's um the 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 mist pouring down just doesn't stop it's just constantly refilling the room and it's such a tight space it doesn't look like it has anywhere to go so mm. as long as it's constantly being refreshed by a source yeah it mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be any less potent um and these the shapes the sound of the plant growth the creatures are agitated you can see them can we see what they look like now well anybody who wants to see what they look like you're gonna have to get close enough to potentially breathe in the poison so uh, unless you're gonna hold your breath and step in but i'd need another stealth check as well question yes does this gas look flammable that's what i was gonna ask too <laughs> don't know can There's i a just lot like of it in the room it could be flammable it might not be i mean you could make a nature check i guess see if it's a natural you know gas can do? you know what we could do we could take my wildfire spirit oh and we could um have a little a little um sure i'm just trying to find the spell we have a little fiery teleportation okay. so me and my fire spirit will just hold hands real quick and just poof into the room hold my breath go close to one of the creatures check it out and then okay. poof, out of the room. And also there's Wait, a little bit yep. of fire damage that happens whenever I do that. So I could see oh, yeah. whether it would ignite any of the... Oh, it certainly will. Um, <laughs> I don't like so, that. So oh, this oh. is what happens. Oh my God. Agnes, you, you and your fire spirit from inside this kind of shorter tunnel, which is connected to the big chamber, where the rest of the party is in this little corridor. You, boom, and in an explosion of fire, you appear <laughs> in the center of this room. Roll, <laughs> roll your fiery damage for me. Uh, I wasn't trying to damage any of the creatures. I was just trying to like oh, okay. get oh, close to. No, but even better. That's fine. Uh, when you appear like in the middle of the room, the flames of the fiery teleportation and the spirit 
ignite the gas. The gas in the chamber, the sealed chamber, explodes. Uh, Agnes, you are going to take damage with no saving throw because you are at the very center of this room. There's no way you can dodge it. Uh, I meant, like, send the spirit in. <laughs> I assume that's what now this. That's what I meant. Agnes, you take 22 fire damage as you are just, poof, and it explodes around you. Um, Tarkal, Marcel, and, uh, and Azara in the corridor, the flame, like the movie Backdraft, fills all the space it can and tries to desperately escape into all of the tunnels. Uh, you guys need to make dexterity saving throws as it poof, rips through it. 16. 16? 15. 15. Sorry. 15. <laughs> 15. You all save. You're going to take half damage, except for Tarkal because of evasion. Uh, so it's 11 fire damage to everybody but Tarkal, who takes nothing, because I he's a rogue and I hate him. Uh, <laughs> oh! Twig. I need you to make a saving throw for Twig. I do. I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my dude. He's like, That's if I can't hurt Tarkal, I'll hurt Twig. No, well, not me. That, that you was your him. DM thought process. I could see it in your eyes. I will roll a, just roll a d20 and add uh, four for me, please. Sure. Please, dear oh, Lord, man. Twig. Take after daddy. 19 plus four, 23. He's going to take half damage with his two hit points. <gasps> I'm afraid that there is a kind of <sighs> fire erupts through the tunnel there is just a moment where the little guy turns like, sorry. And he is just incinerated. No. Wait, wait. Oh no, like he's not passed out? Um, I'm going to say as a monster, because I don't normally roll death saving throws for like monster creatures. But, but no, 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 he no, is a I fey creature. Well, here's the thing. He's a fey creature and he's died on a plane that isn't his plane. Oh, he's he going go back dies, to his plane. Okay. He goes back to the Feywild. Okay. Yes. Okay. So as he burns away, you can feel this kind of this energy dissipate and he just vanishes. Okay. I was like, I have spare the dying. <laughs> I can whether, whether he can come back, you don't know. But he, right. he his spirit has been sent back to the, the Feywild. And I think Agnes and Azara would especially know that because you would understand right. planar creatures and stuff like that. Um but yeah, he's he's gone. <laughs> Incinerated into a I, I would uh pat Tarko's shoulder and say it's okay he's alive back well, home well before we do that i also need to oh, no. um we also need to roll initiative as well. ah! <laughs> oh fun <laughs> so, so many sorry. things happen because so of the fire happened. i, I almost, was like we could just I put gas spark. in and i was just like you know what i'm gonna write rules in case they ignite the gas i'll just i'll make you know i'll write some just it's 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 She'll probably you know, as a dm i'm just gonna put flammable gas in this room with three spell casters <laughs> that use fire i don't know what's gonna happen. i don't know what's gonna happen that's weird anything could happen Nathan, weird it's like Nathan, i remember Nathan i remember getting yelled at for not learning magic from you and you're blowing up the tunnel <laughs> i was wondering when you were Nathan gonna bring Shaw. that up yes hello <laughs> did i not provide you with ample opportunities to kind of go like hmm should we I know. I was like, and that's what I I didn't anything. I know. I know you didn't. Right. Uh, so let's get those initiative uh, checks. Azara. 15. 15. Marcel. 7. Oh. 7. Tarkle. 16. 16. Agnes. 9. 9. So uh, let's start this. All of the monsters are immediately going to take 22 fire damage. They don't, they don't know how to dodge uh, out of the way of the gas exploding. Um, 
the other thing you notice is that there is uh, there are two doors, uh, like the muscular sphincter doors in this chamber, Agnes. Um, one of them is blown open by the fire. The other one seems to stay shut. Like, even though the other one is just kind of almost like blown to like pieces of resin, the other one stays sturdy and strong. But the, the explosion echoes through this place. It is loud. Whoopsie. Just imagine little creatures inside you. And then they make an explosion that just like pries your butthole open. Like this is what's happening from hey, what that's I understand. It's just called eating spicy Thai food. I was yeah, just I was gonna say that's, uh, that's every you know Tuesday evening after uh, tacos. <laughs> after so. Taco Tuesday. Yep, yeah, we are Taco Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, I'm pleased to say that at least Taco, uh, you are the first to react, uh, having thrown yourself against the wall and avoiding this kind of column of fire that erupts, but watching your small fae friend uh, be incinerated. Uh, you are the first to react. And now, now that the gas is completely gone, it's completely cleared, you get your first look into the room itself. Um, the room, very much like the one that you were just in, is kind of this organ-shaped with bulbous sections of the wall, this kind of organic material. There are... Um, you can see things like metal tables and chairs have been stacked to one side, very well made, um, including like bowls and mugs and things like that. They're now all pretty much blown all over the place from the explosion. Um, above, you see the three people-sized tubes no longer spewing gas. Um, and the six figures, uh, you can see them clearly now, um, scorched, uh, blackened by the flames. Uh, they appear to all be Cormerians, um, you know, humans, elves, dwarves, ver variety of races. But their faces are slack. They don't seem to be in any pain from the explosion. Um, their eyes are completely lifeless and thick lines of black magic course through their skin, like down their arms, down their chests, um, in through their necks. Um, and that, that magic seems to pulse. Um, and they're just kind of... <gasps> and they see Agnes and they just... And they're about to rush towards her in a frame. Okay. Would I recognize uh, this magic? Maybe. We'll find out on your turn. Um, Tarko hangs his head anime style, like that shadow comes over the top of his forehead <laughs> and his eyes. And, <laughs> and then you see like a little tear for, for, for Fig, a uh, Twig. And then he takes out his dagger and throws it at one of the dudes. The one that's, because I mean, it's a, it's a large range. So I just chuck it right at the one that's closest to Agnes. Okay, yeah, you are reacting before them, so you have advantage on the attack roll, and this will be sneak attack. W. That's a 13 plus 8, and then a 3 plus 8, so 21 is my highest roll. That is a, that is a successful hit. Uh, these things do not look particularly difficult to hit. Dope. And then I need a lot of different dice. Okay, uh, 1d4 plus 4. That'll, oh, actually, that just did it all! D&D Beyond updated? 26 yeah, damage. 26 in total? Yeah. It did, it did my kiss of silver and then my sneak attack damage, my 46. Nice. D&D so... Beyond now updated for your phone. D&D Beyond now updated for rogues. It's never been easier. <laughs> Sign up today. Right. Are we going to pay for this? Right. <laughs> they, they did give so, me some books, so I'm, I'm Kiss of I'm silver cool flashes out of Tarkle's hand, streaking through this strange alien chamber. It rips through the throat of one of these um, Cormerian's uh, villagers, kind of comes out the other side before vanishing and reappearing in Tarkle's hand. The creature kind of stumbles for a moment and then its body swells as black magic pulses through its whole body. Um, 
it bursts in an eruption. Luckily, it hadn't moved closer to Agnes yet, um, so it doesn't hit it doesn't hit her. But this thing just swells and blows up, um, and this black spore-like material just erupts out from uh, uh, from around it, um, and it collapses to the floor dead. Agnes is like, "No, not the people!" Really? Uh, not the you people. Have, you have a move and a bonus action if there's anything you would like to do, Tarkal. No, uh, I, I don't even think Tarkal lifted his head. I think he's just standing right there and he's not moving. All right. So with that, a couple of these creatures do turn, sensing danger coming from the tunnel. Um, and about half their number are going to turn towards the tunnel and specifically Marcel and Tarkal, um, whereas the others are still focused on Agnes. Azara. Yes. Um, I'm behind everybody, right? In this tunnel. Uh, yes, you are currently yeah. like behind um, Marcel and Tarkal by the door. Okay. Uh, uh, only, how many... uh, only just behind them, like five right. feet behind them. How many Zambos are there? There appear to be five left. Um, five Zambos. Yeah, three of which are turning towards you and the and the other two boys, mm -hmm. uh, and then two are going towards Agnes. Okay. Ooh, I can't do that because Agnes is probably in the way of it. It's fine. She caused an explosion. Oh my Where's god. Um, how close is Agnes to them? Like, is Agnes here and they're all so she here? Because, Agnes, you said you didn't want to be, you didn't want to damage any of the villagers. You just wanted to get inside the room, right, with a fiery teleportation. So you're kind of at the center, and then they're all kind of spread out. So there's at least kind ah, of, shit. they're kind of like 10 feet away from Agnes, um, okay. and they're all kind of dotted around the room. But if, say, hypothetically, I wanted to do Thunder Wave in a 15-foot cube, she could possibly be hit. So if you wanted to do that, you'd have to step in front of Marcel and Tarkal right. to do it. But right. you would be able to hit, I'd say, through, like, I'd probably say two of them with a Thunder Wave if you moved in front of Marcel and Tarkal. You know what? To be safe, I'm just going to quicken spell immediately on myself. Mm -hmm. um, so and... bonus action. Yes. I would like to um, cast... Uh, Witch's Bolt Okay. at the third level at okay. whichever one is closest to Agnes or second closest since the closest one is dead. Okay, sure. Um, so that is you tell a... me. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. 24 to hit. That hits. Cool. So that's 3d12. That's 8. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27 points of lightning damage. Uh, 27 points. That one, very similar to the last time. The lightning bolt, you kind of point your hand between Marcel and Tarkal over their shoulders. Mm -hmm. This bolt of lightning strikes uh, through the room to one of these creatures. It mm -hmm. ignites in the chest. It swells up and explodes in this, this you know, eruption of black spores around it. Um, still not not close enough to cause any harm to Agnes, but and then for my bonus action, whichever one is the closest to Well that was one... your you quickened it, so that was right. your bonus action. Oh, so then for my action, which is a cantrip now. Yes. Um whichever one is closest to us in the tunnel mm -hmm. since they turned, yep. I'd like to cast Word of Radiance at. Okay. Yeah. What is Word of Word of Radiance? Is that 13 like teen a... con save? Yep. What's the range on Word of Radiance? Word of Radiance is a five foot range. Okay, so that would only hit Mark, uh, Marcel and Tarkal. It's not oh, shit. To... It wouldn't hit. Because yeah, you're behind them. Oh, then I would so like five to feet in front of you. Toll of the Dead, which is 60 foot. That's fine. Yep, that works. Um, and that is a Wisdom 15. Wisdom saving throw. 
Not I got lots of range. That's a two. Oh, then he takes 2d8 necrotic. Wait, no. Yeah, I think so. No, 2d12 necrotic because it's he's been it's previously damaged. Damage. Yep, that yeah. is true. Which is a 12 and a 5. 17 points. 17 points, okay. That one also. Uh, the You hear this kind of dolorous resonate. Uh, the creature just stops, staggers. The black kind of, this black ooze begins pouring from its eyes and ears. And then it too swells up and erupts in these black spores um, casting out everywhere. That is my uh, turn. Dead. That is your turn. Good turn. Agnes Crown Silver. I feel embarrassed first <laughs> as a free action. Yeah. Oh. So absolute free action. Just like and, crying. Yes. And then I try to dispel magic on the nearest Cormirian to me. Okay, yeah. Um roll D twenty plus your wisdom modifier for me. See if you're powerful enough to overcome some of the effect on these things. Ooh, she rolled well. That's a 23. 23. So <clears throat> there is some sort of magical effect on these things, but it isn't like a spell. It's not like they're under like a command spell or like an animate dead or anything like that. But what you do is that the, the lines of black that's pulsing through their body, when you cast a spell and you feel something break, the body just slumps to the ground. The black just fades away and it just it just goes down as if it was dead but it doesn't explode um, can just... i um as my movement run over and check for like any signs of life yes you move over to it um you crouch down put your hand dead stone dead no pulse no heartbeat nothing does this seem like necromancy it's weird it's not like any necromancy you've seen you've seen like zombies and skeletons but never this black ichor and this black explosion You've never seen anything like this. And I I would assume from like my experiences, I would probably have a sense of whether like this person has been dead and was just animated or like this person just died. Do you know what, Anna? When you get closer to it, um, make a hmm, make an insight check for me. That's the third 19 I've rolled today. Damn. I got a 23. It's weird. The body doesn't show any signs of like decomposition. It doesn't show any wounds. They're dead, but it's like their soul's missing. It's like their soul has been taken out and the body has just stopped. It's not like it's died. It's just like the body's not had a reason to keep living. And so it's just stopped. And then whatever this black magic was moving that was what was moving it around that was what was making it do things um she's trying to assess the potential effectiveness of a revivify spell okay. so based sure. on that insight would she well, feel like it would be futile to try to revivify I, I, i'm not going to give you that is a decision for anna crosser to make and okay. you can decide for your next turn because in the meantime the two remaining of these creatures uh, they are both the ones that we're going to rush towards Tarkal and Marcel, and they will do so. Uh, they don't seem to be particularly intelligent, even though there's um, Agnes and Azara have, have 
done most of the damage to them. Um, they just rush towards Marcel and Tarkle. Uh, they claw at you twice each. Hold on, so. my fire spirit gets to go. Oh, of course, yeah. And if I see that these other creatures are threatening my friends, I will mm -hmm. prioritize yeah. that. So I'll send the wildfire spirit over to do um, flame so, seed. Flame seed, yeah, sure, go for it. And that's, I'm just checking to make sure. Where is my, I think it's 1d8 now. Yeah, I think level. it still has to make an attack roll and stuff, but I think it does do a little bit more damage. I think it's a d8 now. Plus proficiency bonus. The joys of new subclasses where you can <laughs> I can't find it on here. Where is it? I'm sorry, guys. It's all right. Wildfire Druid. Uh, circle of Wildfire. I so, have my summon uh, Wildfire Spirit, but... Yep. So Flame Seed is your spell attack modifier to hit. So whatever your spell attack to hit is. That's its attack roll. Oh, plus eight. Okay, so it's a plus eight to hit, and then it does 1d6 uh, plus your proficiency bonus of fire damage. All right, so to hit, we roll 12. Uh, still hits. These things are pretty slow and don't seem to really dodge or react to danger. Where is... Oh, plus four. Okay, so d8. So four plus four, so eight. Eight points of damage. Mm -hmm. Great. Fire damage. Uh, not enough to destroy it. The the flame kind of spreads over its back, adding to this charred flesh from the explosion of the gas, but it just still stumbles forward towards Marcel and Tarkle. Uh, uh, Tarkle, this one's against you. This is a 21 to hit for the first claw. Yeah, that hits. That's going to be seven points of slashing damage, and then its second claw is going to be a... That's only a 14 to hit. Uh, that one does not. So the second one you managed to block with Kiss of Silver, but the first one kind of catches you across the chest, uh, just scraping by like your arm or something like that. And then Marcel, uh, that is a 13 to hit on the first claw. Oh. And then a... Uh, that's cocked. Uh, that is an 18 to hit on the second claw. Yes, I'm that is going to be seven points of slashing damage. So, and they're just kind of scrabbling at you. There's no real uh, strategy to their fighting. They're just clawing at you in this frenzied hatred um, as they do so. Master? Really quick, did I assess that these things kind of just explode upon taking any damage, or was it like... It seems to be when they are, like, when they die, die. Okay. Um, could I use a quick free action to talk to the sword yeah yeah it's just like thinking just ask um if the if they sense anything like what is you, this do you feel do you for feel the first anything? time there's um as you reach you know your mind trying to connect with um marcel's it you can tell that he is scared and shocked I I I I don't know what they are, brother. But uh, there's something awfully, there's something terribly familiar about this. Uh, I, I I don't know. That's what you get in six sec six seconds. Okay. <sighs> I'm. 
I'm going to try to, and, and how, so there's two on me. Do you, are yeah, there any like, more in the room? So you're at the door to this uh, room, this kind of sphincter door. Uh, and there's two of them that are basically wedged in the door, blocking you moving in further next to you and Marcel. Like you and Marcel are at one end of the door. The other two are on the other side of the door. And you're kind of there, zombie movie style. <laughs> Someone in chat came up with, uh, it was there. Someone named Eli came up with sphinx doors, and I think that's oh, the most nice. appropriate. Sphinx. All right, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, if I can, swing the sword at it, and yeah, would yeah, I be yeah. able to use my bonus action to like kick it from me and get some distance? Yeah, I think that that's. Um, there's a thing you can do called a shove attack. Uh, oh yeah. Um, PHB. Uh, oh, it look like it's under bonus actions. Um, so oh, it's action, so JK, yes, but it's in, you can do it in place of an attack. So when you use the attack action, you can use a special melee attack to shove a creature. So I would say that you, yeah, and it says if you can make multiple attacks with the attack action, this attack replace one. Oh, yeah. So you could swipe it once and then try and kick it and shove it backwards, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do that, sure. And I'll say that if you do kill it with the first attack, but you shove it on the second one, it will blow up after you've moved it. It's a very Tom Cruise action movie type of movie. I love it. That's why I love it. <laughs> uh, Dirty 20. That's a hit. Uh, this will be the one that um, Agnes flame seeded. So. Okay. So let's do damage. damage. Uh, that would be 11. 11 points of damage. Okay. So uh, you see it beginning to swell. That You see it like... Give me the so to make a shove attack, uh, the target must be no more than one size larger than you, which it's not, it's medium size. So you make, um, instead of making an attack roll, you make a strength check contested by its strength or uh, dexterity. This is an athletics check as well, so specifically okay. athletic skill check, uh, and it will use its strength 21. Okay, 17. So even though you can sense that there's some immense strength behind it, you slash it, and as it begins swelling, you just with a firm boot, bam, kick it. It stumbles five feet back away from you and Marcel, and then explodes, nearly covering you and Marcel, but just out of range as it blows up around it. Um, yeah, avoid it. Quick note, avoid when you're saying explosion. Marcel, do you mean, do you mean Tarkal? Uh, or do you mean no, the sword? Because you, you're both next to each other. You're both kind of in this doorway side by side. Okay, I, I okay. I, I think you're saying Marcel instead of Tarkal, right? I, I just wanted. To, I, I'm. You're talking to Marcel so. and saying you and Marcel. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Right. Yeah. You and Tarkal. Yeah. Narrowly <laughs> yes. missing you and Tarkal. I assumed uh, he was me, talking about the sword. Yeah, me too. I wanted yeah. to clarify. I wasn't sure. Me, Maybe. Marcel, and Tarkal. <laughs> it's like 1:30 a.m. So. No, you're good. If I say it, I'm. I'm yeah, you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Um, but yeah, you you kick it back and cool. it explodes just outside of your range. Good move. Anything else? Um, let's see. So that was, what that was, was that? Your two attacks. Yeah, that was your attack action. So one attack and then the shove. Oh, I get a so bonus, bonus action. action. You do get a bonus action and a move action. Uh, I'm not going to move. I'm going to use my bonus action to second wind and get some HP back. Nice. Yeah. Good. But that'll be my turn. Okay, great. Uh, in that case, we jump back up to Tarkle. Um, 
Uh, I just want to let chat know that the reason why I forgot to uncanny dodge is because I've never been hit before in this game. So, <laughs> oh, that's why I forgot in. to uncanny I've never dodge. Been hit before wow. in this game. I'm um, too good. Mark's going to make a not... dungeon specifically to kill Shady. <laughs> I will not forget uncanny dodge again. I'm sorry, chat. Uh, secondly, there's one of the one of the zombos is within five feet of me right now, right? He's next to you. He's clawing at your face. Well, oh. then, heck him. Can I... Uh, I think that I am going to try to move away from him a little bit, and I'm going to try to see how good his opportunity attack is. Okay, so you're going to risk the opportunity attack? Sure. Yeah, I'm back up a little bit. That's cocked. Uh, that's only an 11 to hit, so as you kind of step out of his reach to move around, goes for a swipe and misses. Nice, and then I'll take my Kiss of Silver and toss it at his throat. Ooh. Sure. So you're actually going to get out of range so you can do a ranged attack? Yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, and we'll go with a nice little 19 to hit. 19 hits. And uh, Marcel going... is next to this one, so you would still get sneak attack damage. Oh, dope. Uh, then that will be uh, 18 total damage. 18 total damage. It swells as the dagger punches it in the chest. The dagger vanishes. It begins swelling. And Marcel, you only just have enough time as it explodes in black spores. Can you make a con saving throw, please, Marcel? Yes. Okay, so where is, it? where is it? There we go. Okay, so I rolled a one, but okay. I was today yeah. years old when I learned that I have Indomitable. Indomitable. So you can re-roll a saving throw that you fail. You must use the new roll. Can't get worse than a one. That's so. true. That, that is, is true. Nice. And I think it's um, you get them back on a long rest, I think, Indomitable. Mm -hmm. That would be a 17. Oh, 17. Okay, much that's better. half damage. Um, so, which is good because on 46, I joke you not, Nate, on 46, I rolled a 6, a 6, mm -hmm. a 6, mm -hmm. and a 5. Ah, yeah, uh, that makes sense. My God. <laughs> I so, mean, I'm, it's Marcel taking it's Marcel, damage. Yeah. So it's, of course it's I roll nearly max damage. Of course I do. Um, God, I can't roll this while I'm rolling character stats. So that's going to be. Can I lend him my uncanny dodge that I didn't use? <laughs> no, you cannot. 23. And just keep in mind that Tarkal is the one who caused this. 23. 23 halved would be 11 points of damage. Just... 11 points of damage, Marcel. As this, you're just coated in this black Icarus gunk that just, and it burns your skin and kind of, <clears throat> you kind of feel it like, you know, go up into your nose and mouth. I just look at Tarkal. But with that, all of the creatures are destroyed. We drop out of initiative. Um, what would you guys like to do? I'm going to run over to the body that Agnes is at. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to um, arcana check or something. I'll, well, okay. So I have in my detailed notes uh, all of the research that uh, Sarah Lee did um, on the Netheril Empire of Mages mm -hmm. and Netherese magic and such. Mm -hmm. Would this have been mentioned? Does this seem so, like Netherese magic? Mm, it's difficult. You wouldn't have found, like, so Sarah Lee's research is more just on about what Netheril was and okay. the culture. The actual magic, nobody has that research. That's why it's so valuable, right? Got it. But there is some things that you do notice. First of all, there are arcane runes that have been scarred into the skin, like cut and then healed as scarring. Okay. Uh, and those runes, a lot of those runes are similar 
except the ones that Sarah Lee noted on Hadley's armor um, and Marcel's sword. These very strange runes that don't really correlate to magic. They're like a mixture of transmutation and necromancy combined. Mm -hmm. Rare form of magic you've never really seen or encountered before. Mm -hmm. um, and they match up with similar things to that. And they've been scourified onto this person's body. Um, um, Agnes I... is like laying with her hand under their neck and looking up plaintively at Zara like, can you save the dying? Can you do something? Um... I'll, I'll cast Spare the Dying, but I don't think it'll do anything, right? Yeah, there is there is no wound. Like, the wounds that are there, um, yeah. the Spare the Dying would clot the blood. It would temporarily kind of prevent them from falling closer to death. But you almost, it's very faint. You're so deep underground, Azara, that, that that feminine presence that you've been feeling over these last two months, this mm -hmm. goddess that you have been communicating with you you can barely hear her this far deep underground so far from her domain but you do just hear this faint there is no soul there to save um bizarre will kind of get chills and she'll look up at agnes and say this this person's lost their soul there's nothing we can do W would revivify return their soul i can revivify them i can Bizarre only do it will just once. shake her head and like put it on her put a hand on her shoulder but um, i have to do something good we can mark down these runes take them back to sarah lee and research that is the good that you can put forward and she'll pull out kind of like a quill and some paper and just hand it and start trying to like document everything that's on this person Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So start copying down the runes and yeah. noting things like the black lines, the ichor, yeah. the pretty much the, yeah. creating research on this magic. Yeah. Yeah. Agnes yeah. will close their eyes and look yeah. dejected and horrified at what she did. Um, after Zara finishes, she'll call over um, Marcel. Marcel, do you mind joining me? Um, I just would like to take a look at your sword. I don't need to touch it. I know that it's special to you, but I would like to see if any of these runes match yours. Yeah, I'll I'll hold it out in a very like look with your eyes, not with your hands manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. will hold up her hands to show that she promises she sure. won't. Yeah. Um, do any um, match? They're not exact matches, okay. um, but there's similarities. Enough similarities that what was done to this person um, either looks like an incomplete version of what mm. the sword has or a, a, a variant, like somebody's tried something different um, with the magical formula, um, but they're similar. There's, there's this strange mixed magic uh, that is on the armor that you've never seen in any books or never heard of any research on that would, yeah, it looks ancient and powerful, but it doesn't seem to match up. To um, write all yeah. of this down, circling yeah. the similarities, note taking mm -hmm. all of these notes and uh, tuck it away from later. And yeah. thank you, Marcel. Uh, are there any other doors in this chamber? Was that it? Yes, there are. So <clears throat> uh, as you look around, um, and we'll check in with Tarkal and Agnes as well in a minute. So like I mentioned, um, this chamber yeah it's 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 odd it's a large chamber like an organ um there are the three tubes in the ceiling and you can look up and it's not that they're just tubes like you can see rooms up there like these tubes seem to lead into other rooms but there's no ladders there's no platforms it's just like 
straight up like 10 15 like 15 20 feet up in the air mm. and then it goes into a room up there and that's where the in, in from two of them the gas was coming from the other one you don't know there just seems to be rooms up there um there is also a uh a, a short corridor uh where the door was blown off by the explosion this kind of muscular door was like ripped apart and has been blown into the other door actually has like a metal iris so it's like a, a two halves of closed together um and it seems like it's been bolted onto the the, the musculature of the chamber um and that has stayed shut it doesn't seem to have even budged from the explosion does it feel magical uh you would need a like detect magic to determine that detect magic is the bane of my existence in this campaign <laughs> it's the spell that detects magic i know but it's, it's a Arcana higher level than i have access magic. to <laughs> i am not that high of a cleric yet <laughs> it's a first level spell for clerics uh maybe for sorcerers maybe i don't think so well it's i know it's a first level spell whether you mm. get it or not that's up to you <laughs> i have Sorry. dispel magic but not detect magic well, so in that, did you say there there was another open door? I know there's yes, there one. one that's like... There's one that's been blown open, and then there's this sealed one, which seems to lead into another chamber. And then there's the three rooms above you. When I see Azara look up there, is it how far up is it? Um, it's like twenty feet to the the chamber. Like the rooms, I... like there's these three tubes, and there is a room above uh, connected to each tube, and it's about twenty feet up in the air. But it, there's no, like I said, there's no ropes or ladders. Like it's almost like somebody would have to just fly up. Well, to get in I there. could teleport up there. So when I see yeah. her look up there, I say I could go. You'd like me to join you? I can also go. Can I misty Same. step up? Yeah, you can misty step up. So can Tarkal, I think, as well. Now I can. We can I think all, all of you. Step. I think all of you oh. have misty step. I think. <laughs> no, I, I I can't. Oh, you can't. Okay, oh. sorry. I I, I, I thought that you could, but uh, sadly not. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, yeah you, you can teleport. Up. You can teleport item. in any direction. Better you than me. I just ruin things when I jump into them. Apparently. Well, first off, that kind of defeatist attitude is not going to help us when we're in the middle of a dungeon in the middle of who knows where. So, let's save this moping for later. Not I would moping. go. And I think you should join me. You will be useful. Okay. okay. I summon Candor. Uh, there are three uh, chambers in the ceiling from these tubes. Mm -hmm. There are the two that the gas was coming from, and then there was one that didn't have any gas coming from it. Which one would you like to go in? One of them is covered by plants. Uh, those plants would have been burnt away by oh. a fiery explosion. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I want to go to the one without gas, personally. Okay, sure. But I mean, if it's not spewing gas right now, this might be the only opportunity we have to check it out before it starts spewing gas again. Maybe. Oh, that's smart. All right. Yeah. I'll go to the gas one then. Okay. The one that was covered by plants. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you both teleport up into there, you can see... Very weird. These chambers are, again, like egg shapes, like eggs on their bottom with a pointed end at the top. Um... This one seems quite sparse. They're, they're quite small. They're not large chambers. Um, the main feature appears to be a sort of metal cocoon with dried sinew-like netting um, inside of it, almost like a hammock. Um, it hangs from the ceiling uh, by these kind of fleshy bits. Um, 
you can see uh, in this room, uh, there is something like shelving carved into the organic wall material. Um, and there is a obsidian skull, uh, human skull, but made from obsidian. And it has almost like um, medical lines all over like the cranium and the, the, the skull area. And it's written some bizarre alien languages, very finely and neatly inscribed uh, notes um, along these lines around the, the skull shape itself. You also see there was some sort of device um, made of glass and metal, much more recently, much more human um, in, in design, that was on the ground set up to, maybe it looked like it was angled uh, into the tube that, that leads into the chamber below, but that has been broken by the explosion. It's just shattered. Um, I'd like to caution... Nah, nope, I'm not going to be stupid. I would like to use Mage Hand mm -hmm. to pluck the skull and, and bring it closer. Uh, Mage Hand, I think, can only lift five pounds. Um, it's it struggles to lift it. Yeah, it looks dense. Very heavy. Oh. Ten pounds. Oh, if it's ten pounds, it can lift it. Sweet, Just, yes. It, it's like, and it struggles to lift it. The little draconic claw yeah. hovers it back towards you. And yeah, like, if you take it in your own hands, do you take it in your own hands, or are you just going to have the Take it in my own hand hands, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah, it's heavy. It's dense. Um, it's the same size as a human skull. Um, okay. You know, it almost looks like um like a doctor's model, like an anatomical replicator, a replication of a human skull. But this one's made of obsidian. It's carved beautifully, um, and it's got all these fine medical lines and notes. Um, you reckon it's probably worth about three hundred gold just because it's you know a big chunk of obsidian on its own. We don't happen to have a bag of holding on us, do we? You don't. We no. don't, huh? That's a sure is a bummer. Um, well, first, I'm going to have the mage hand hold it, take a quick second to write everything down, just in cases. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I can take it back to Sarah Lee. And then I'm going to look into the hole and say, who's feeling strong? I'm going to shout down into the chamber. Well, Tarkal and Marcel are the only two down there, so. Sure. All right, brace yourself. I'm sending something down, and I'm going to... Uh, have the mage hand if it can't like fully bring it down kind of like gently as like break it, the fall it can certainly it can. break the fall okay like, yeah it, it will lower it down at a slow pace into yeah. marcel's hands yeah you yeah. get this obsidian skull marcel um, and I'll, I'll shut down i'm not sure if we can take it with us but if we come back this way on the way out it might come in useful can i tell where the gas was coming from I would, I would say that looking around this room, the only place it could have come from is this broken device that's now shattered on the, the floor of this chamber. Can um, I take a like... closer look in, at that and yeah, sure. see if I can make out what it was? Yeah, I mean, you don't need to make a check because, you know, from your perspective, it looks like maybe it was some sort of glass orb um, mounted on some sort of cast, like metal casing. Um, there is like arcane runes etched into it and maybe like a small chip of green, you know, rock or crystal, um, that was, you know, inside the, the glass. Um, uh, yeah, maybe some sort of magical trap, um, or something that like a, you know, something that could conjure poison gas. Um, and it looked like so it, was it seems like it was just, to, it looks like it was set here to put poor gas into the chamber below. Okay. So clearly just somebody wanted to make sure this chamber was full of gas for anyone who 
would enter it. I, yeah, if that's your reasoning, that seems, yeah, that matches up to what you can see. And then this hammock cocoon thing. Yeah. At best, you could, I mean, in a way, it sort of looks like a bed, like a bed that you might get on a sailing ship, but it's made from like this, yeah, like a kind of half crescent moon metal cocoon. And then it's got this netting on the inside of it, like a hammock that you would maybe lay in. Uh, but there's no one in it. No one in it. And are there any like personal effects nearby or anything like that? Shelves but and the skull, but that was it. You don't see anything else. All right. Shall we to the next room? I have only one misty step charge to get back down. I can fiery teleportation for an hour with my fire spirit. So I'll just pop down and pop back up into the other okay. gas room. Um, just while you do that, Tarkol or Marcel, is there anything you guys want to be doing while Agnes and Azara are checking out these rooms? Also, Azara, how are you going to get down? That's uh, that I use my last charge to get uh, down. Okay, sure. Yeah. And then I just stay there. <laughs> uh, I think Tarkol's just pretty much looking at Marcel to follow his lead. So okay. if Marcel's just waiting, letting the rest of the party explore, he's just going to wait as well. Marcel misty steps into the other room. Uh, Tarkal uh, looks very defeated because he can't do that, so now he's just going to stay where he is. So, when you say the other room, do you mean one of the chambers above Marcel yeah. or the? Okay, uh, do you want to go in Sorry. the one, the other one that had the gas, or the empty one? The empty one. Okay. And then Agnes, you come in and check the last one where the poison gas was. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So Marcel, uh, when you go up, there's no sign of like a crystal device uh, on it. You see the same weird metal cocoon bed. Um, the difference in this room is there is a bulbous, almost like a cavity set into the wall. And there is a rib cage like growth uh, over it that looks like it splits down the middle. So it's like a half of a rib cage on either side. And inside the cavity, protected by the rib cage, is a metal tube, um, you know, uh, like a metal cylinder, like a flask or something like that. Quite large. I want to mess with it. <laughs> so if you want to get, to, so the rib cage, the, the bones are so tight that you can't reach through to get to the tube. You could try and like pull open the rib cage um, or you could try, I don't know if you've got any other way that you might want to try and open this rib cage to get inside. Roll a mess with it check. <laughs> um, Probably just going to hack at it. Yeah, just try and smash the rib cage with the blade. Yeah, and we'll. Oh wait, sure. no, I need, I need that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just. Okay. Take a swing. Um. Yeah. Take. Make an attack roll for me because this thing does have a hardness, so it'll have an AC. See if you can actually do any damage. Uh, twenty-two. That will hit. Roll damage for me, and it is a magic weapon, so I'll take that into consideration. Six. Okay, six damage. So you smash into the rib cage, and there's this loud metal ringing. Um, whatever substance, this thick resin is quite tough, but the sword does kind of break through kind of half one of these ribs, smashes a huge chip into it. You're probably going to have to take a couple more swings to break it open big enough to get the tube out, but it definitely seems to be working. It's, it's loud and arduous work, but it's totally doable. Yeah, I'll take another crack at it. Sure. Yeah, just attack roll and damage roll. Uh, that one's higher. Okay. Yep. Hits. Yep. Uh, basically, AC of fifteen for this thing. So if you get okay. above a fifteen, you hit. Um, Ooh. Twelve damage. 
12 damage. That one carves a huge chunk. You reckon one more good hit and you'll have a big enough space to reach in and pull this metal tube free. Uh, 16. 16. Yep, hits. Eight. Eight points of damage. With that, the last couple, you've, you've broken like two or three of these ribs, um, and that's big enough space that you could reach in and then pull this tube and pull it out the hole. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. As you pull it out, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. As, as you disconnect, you pull it free from the wall, there is a bright flash and a kind of psychic energy blasts you from behind this rib cage. 17. 17. Okay, you're going to take half damage. Cool. Twenty-two, so eleven psychic damage. You manage to kind of shield your mind as this horrible wailing just gets inside your brain and your cranium. Ah, like you, you know, you almost feel like a bit of blood trickling out of your nose. Um, but you disc the the tubes in your hands and like ah, leaves this painful ringing in your brain. I would just like to point out that we were ten minutes away from the end of the session, and I was like, maybe this is the session where I don't get bloodied <laughs> because half hp from our cell is 28 and i was at 29 mm. and now psychic damage so jk i'm just mm. you know <laughs> covered in blood disheveled all all once again so. it's, your, it's your brand consistency yeah, yeah, yeah. consistency yeah yeah cool uh, i got the tube you got the tube and it, it looks like it um unscrews and opens like it looks like yeah like a flask almost like you it, something is inside it I'm not going to open it right now. You sure? It's 10 minutes to the end of the episode. <laughs> Don't you want to know what's inside, mate? You got to wake a whole week otherwise. Well, not in this room. I will Yeah, I'll okay. Leave. You go downstairs and open it. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I, if I hear Marcel like groan or grunt or anything, I'll yeah. call up and say, please do not forget I can heal you. Good to know. Are you going to um, teleport down, or are you going to kind of drop down? It's like a it's like a good sort of twenty feet drop from this tube. I'm out of uh, spell slots for that, so can I try to climb down? No, uh, Marcel, is... wait! I'll come get you. All right. Okay. <laughs> and then you jump and grab him. Um, well, famous. yeah, I can do that. I was figuring I'd investigate the room I was in first. Oh. Unfortunately, there is nothing else in the room of yours. There is only just the remnants of the glass tube, the same one that you saw in the previous room. Mm -hmm. um, there's just another one of those. This time, there's no statues or anything like that. It's just one of these weird metal beds. That's it. Oh, okay. Then I will... Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, with all of this time, we're probably going to be nearing, not quite the end of the hour-long spirit, but it's definitely going to be nearing its limit. But uh, mm -hmm. you bring Marcel down. You can see that he's... Yeah, blood's kind of pouring out of one nose nostril um he looks quite beaten up and, and battered and he uh, has this large metal um very well made like a tube like a kind of airtight vacuum flask well first you mm. got a little something right here marcel yes I please help assume, with it. um <laughs> and then azar will reach out and uh cast cure wounds at the first level so Agnes will just kind of hang her head because she thinks this is all because of her explosion problem, and she'll go, sorry. That's four plus one, so you get five hit points back. Cool. I'm uh, just like, here's a tube. 
And I'll hand it to Azara. Azara is going to put it on the far side of the room and then kind of bring everybody uh, a little bit on the other side, uh, specifically 30 feet away. Mm -hmm. Mage hand distance. And And she's going to mage hand the tube open. Like a jar of pickles. The mage hand uh, (laughs) screws it open um, and it pops open. No explosion or anything else. Um, And you can see that there appears to be something inside, but at 30 feet, you're going to need to get close to find out. Azara is going to use the mage hand to pick up the tube and kind of gently scooch it closer oh. um, until it's it close enough to peer to into. Peer inside. Yeah. It appears to be something is inside wrapped in what appears to be like the remains of maybe a ragged leather cloak, or at least part of one. Um, and there seems to be something wrapped up inside it. Uh, mage hand is going to upturn it. Uh, out drops a very delicate elven made um, silver circlet with a ruby gemstone set into the middle of it. Fuck caution. The second she sees a jewel, Azara's like, what is that? Her dragon instincts kick in and she hurries over to it and picks it up. <laughs> yeah, you have. you can mark down a mysterious circlet. But until it is identified, you will not know the properties of such items. Well, at, for now, it's being tucked somewhere on her person. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Why write not down, wear um, it? Write down magic circlet. Just a Casey. Magic circlet. Yeah. Equipment. So yeah, bit of loot. And I think that is... I know, and you know what? I'm going to give you a bit, of, uh, a bit of description before we end the episode. Oh. Because as all of this is happening, if we were to go into cinematic camera... Um, the as you're kind of examining your shiny new circlet and Marcel is <laughs> bleeding out thoroughly and and uh, Azara uh, sorry looks very sad uh the explosion that kind of caused this loud noise um kind of has since dissipated uh, but uh we the audience not the players not the characters but we the audience uh do um kind of move through these open tunnels passing through more of these strange alien chambers uh, where robed figures uh, in a very hurry uh, begin to whisper and mutter, uh, what was that? We must prepare. Our intruders must have arrived. Uh, as uh, that explosion has clearly warned, whoever is deeper in this place is now aware of your presence. Um, and that is where we'll end today's episode. Good. Uh, it's probably fine. Fine. That was a great episode, Mark. Thank you. Mark, that was yeah. so good. I had goosebumps so many times. And also, <laughs> not even, I mean, obviously, Mark, for leading the pack, but there is literally one moment where I could have openly wept. Openly wept. And for me, the openly weeping goes to Anna Prosser tonight when she said, I have to do something good. Aww. That will echo in my mind probably for a very long time. So, Classic Hats thing off. of... Um... The, you know, the golden child who's always done very well and is very proud because she's only had victories. She's only had successes. And I think that this is the first time her actions have really uh, bitten her back. At least that's the impression she likes to give everyone. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, that was a great one. You guys did great. It was a fun little dungeon crawl. Well done on uh, not having to fight the uh, murder ball of death. That would have not been fun. Um, oh, that was the riddle? The murder ball of death was... Oh. The, the... Well, oh, it was basically, I always, I always put it in that, like, because if you guys had just been like, I've got no fucking clue about this riddle, like, what do we do? You could have just been like, well, we'll just push the ball or we'll attack the ball. And it mm-hmm. would have been a fight and you would have beaten it and you would have gotten in. But 
you avoided a fight. So well done. Yeah, we Bye. had some big brains. Like we, we big really, brains. I'm big brain that. That was pretty yeah. great. Um, it was really good. And then yeah, dungeon exploring, wonderful. I loved it. I loved everyone's just horrid reactions to the weird, creepy place that you. The were going second to something is fleshy, I'm out. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Nobody likes it. Yeah, nobody likes, nobody likes that shit. Yeah. I also like. I am mortified at what Agnes did, but also I love it. I love when Agnes like tries real hard and blows things up. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Anna Prosser, let me tell you something. I love it when players do what their characters would do and don't met again. And you didn't. You were like. I, I'm gonna teleport in there, and that's what's gonna happen. And then you've you, and you accepted like, fuck. <laughs> it's just like, well, I made stuff happen. Like that's great. That's a good way to be as a player. I felt like the rest of us are like Damien for Mean Girls when Katie breaks the crown in half, going ah! like the second you popped <laughs> yeah. in there, we were like, no, please. It was great. It was marvelous. I'll tell you something. I had it down to like I was like, well, either Agnes is gonna like fire spirit or flame spell or Azara is going to fireball. One of the two things is going to happen. And I was like, and I know what will happen if they do. So. It's so funny because in my head, I was like, I'll just go in there. And then like, if it's flammable, the gas around me will just kind of, and I'll know it's flammable. Like, so just the it, gas it, around it, me. It was what explosively is flammable. Like, I yeah. thought that if the glass was flammable, it would come up the tube. So my plan was to back everyone up and use my <laughs> longest distance flame spell. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, this oh, is like an it. action movie, like where the flames yeah. come out of the tunnels. And they and did. It was. And, and they, it was. It was. <laughs> However, I didn't get to do that. Nice. And uh, yeah, we'll find out. I mean, Twig, we don't know. Will he be back? Will he not? That's my so. biggest regret. I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm trying to I'm be so positive so Peter right now. Yeah. Oh, well, we got a couple of quick minutes. Uh, let's do some shout outs. And then uh, I think we've got another stream after us. So let's do that. Uh, who wants to go first? I nominate. Let's do Nate. Nate, go first. Yeah. Um, nominate. <laughs> uh, so, um, I'm all I've been doing is really at this point selling Pokemon cards. So, if you want some Pokemon cards, go to <laughs> uh, because it's impossible to go out to a local store and buy them right now. So, yep. yeah, yeah, we got we got stuff. So, yeah, that's really about it. I it. nominate Shady. Hello, I'm Shady. I think you should go buy Nate's Pokemon cards. Also, um, I literally have nothing going on right now. No, no, no. You can go to Shady Collects uh, YouTube, um, but also really just want to take these 15 seconds to say I am so happy to be back. Uh, I really appreciate wow. getting to play with this group of players uh, with this fantastic DM. And uh, I love you guys. And be safe. And I want to see you guys IRL soon. I tag Mika. Hello, I'm Mika Burton. Um, I don't have much uh, happening currently, but you can go watch my episode of Narrative Telephone uh, on the Critical Role channel because this month my story is dropping and it has been dubbed the second meanest story of all time. So uh, if you want to catch up on that and get ready for my revenge, uh, I greatly appreciate uh, you viewing it. I'm going to tag Mark. Oh, what's up? What? Breaking the mold. Hey, uh, there's a couple of things you can check out. I, I am doing stuff, uh, and if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna promote it even more. Uh, there's a couple of things. First of all, come and check if you want to see me DM more. My D and D show, High Rollers D and D, five years. Uh, wow. We're on our fifth year anniversary this Sunday. 
Um, and we're approaching 100 episodes of our second campaign. Um, so just come and check out our show. I know it sounds a lot. We've got a podcast if you want to catch up that way, which is uh, bi-weekly, um, you know, 90-minute episodes, two times a week. Come and listen to that. We've got our YouTube channel, which has got all of our previous episodes. It's all split into chapters. So if you're like, 100 episodes, I can't watch that. Just jump into one of the newer recent arcs and you can catch up quickly and then go back at your leisure. Um, it's a really fun campaign. It's like a Final Fantasy, sci-fi fantasy mix. Um, very, very epic. Very, very cool. I've got a lovely group of players. Come and check and watch that if you've not watched any High Rollers before. The other thing is I've been streaming a lot more on my own Twitch channel, uh, which is Sherlock underscore Humes. Um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, UK mornings to UK afternoons, which I know is probably going to be too uh, late for my American friends. But you can come and check that out. And then I also have my own uh, YouTube channel where I'm going to be doing another LARP uh, fashion haul uh, very very soon and people seem to really like my first one so come and check that out as well sounds and that's awesome. that's all Sherlock Humes just search for Sherlock Humes and you'll find me basically so that's it um, uh, so Anna take it away finish us off sure if you're looking for some shows to watch Extra Brains is coming back this Friday it's the brainstorming talk show so if you have a problem or a topic or an idea or something that you would just like some extra brains to help you think about and talk about you can submit them and DJ Wheat and I will do our best to lend our experience and ideas to you and that's at 1 p.m. on Friday, both on my channel and on DJ Wheat's channel. But if you're looking just for role play, you can tune in on Saturday for our monthly episode of Pawns and Patrons, which is a drop-in friendly show where we play multiple low-level characters. It's always funny and some great role players that create amazing characters just on the spot. That's from 10 to 2 Pacific on Saturday, and that's on all of our channels, including mine. And then on Monday, we'll be back with Star Wars Roleplay from Echoes of Eternity. That's also on my channel where I play a Jedi or wannabe Jedi named Oda Kanali. Um, and some crazy stuff's been going down there. I think we're in the end game there. Nice. Um, otherwise, I have also been streaming on my own channel because I've become completely obsessed with the Pokemon trading card game online. <laughs> and I love theory crafting decks, even though I'm still totally a noob. People have been asking, um, when you buy a pack of Pokemon cards, you get like a card that gives you online cards. And a lot of people don't use those. So a lot of people have been asking me if they can send them to me. I open them on stream. So if you want to <laughs> send them through my website, go ahead. Don't feel pressured, but I love it. Uh, also, don't forget, you can get your fantasy-inspired streetwear from cantripbrand.com. Hell yeah. And uh, also follow Happy Niski on Instagram if you want cute dogs. Puppy! Like this Puppies. one. Puppies. Bam. Love it. She fell asleep in her water bowl. Love it. <laughs> oh, an angel! <laughs> angel. Amazing. Um, amazing stuff. Thank you guys all so much. Uh, thank you for the wonderful episode. We'll be back next week for more Nights of Evening Star as they descend into this uh, disgusting underground place of death and danger and mystery. Butthole Yay. doors! Butthole doors. Uh, Sphinx doors, more to come next week. Take care, <laughs> everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>